we are not living in an era where the product is the most important thing. It's the people. At the end of the day, people are going to be using your product. You know, from my field as a, as a designer, we call it as a customer-centric uh, solution or design or product or user-centered design solution or product. So it's all wrapped around and at the center, at the heart of everything. It's a person, it's a human being. Welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast with business strategist, speaker and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hi, Gavin here. Welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Hey, have you been ever asked who your ideal customer is? List down the qualities of your uh, customer avatar. Um, What's your niche? What's your ideal niche or niche? And if you haven't been asked, no, no, that's way too vague. You need to be more specific. Well, today's guest can help you with that. Susanna Dobro is a specialist in helping people really get clear on who their ideal dream customer is and who specifically they would love to serve and make a difference to. Um, we start off with a conversation about her two years solo traveling around the world and time down in Antarctica. So that was a fascinating start to our conversation. So, and then into specifics around how to help you define your target customer ever. Uh, even clearer, even better. So straight into an impactful conversation uh, with Susanna Dobro. Hello and welcome back to the Business Mastermind podcast. Gavin here. And today I'm with Susanna Dobro. Now, I am so excited to to, to bring Susanna on to the the show. What an amazing story. Um, She's the founder of the Who Method. You know know that question you get asked about who's your ideal target customer and who's your customer avatar? We're going to tap into that. Anyway, Susanna Susanna is a former uh, communist kid, left the Eastern Bloc with just £200 in a pocket to pursue a passion for design. She's working across across the creative industry in London. And the last full-time was job was for a big corporation. And she realized, I'm sure that many people listening to this may have had a similar moment. That, that wasn't her path. And she quit to travel two years around the world on her own, which is amazing. And exploring the world, what an amazing experience that was for her and just sort of brought a calling to an entrepreneurial journey. And uh, Susanna helps entrepreneurs and small business owners gain clarity and reach alignment with their dream customer. So more of that now. Susanna, welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Gavin, thank you so much for having me, and I'm super excited uh, to start the episode. So first, let's start with uh, the actual travel. Then, so you've travelled all around on the world around the world on your own. That's right. Yeah. So two, where, for, where did for you go? For a couple of years, where did so, you go? So uh, where I I went to places that I always dreamt as a kid that I would love to see and visit one day. So uh, I. Uh, spent a year almost year over a year in latin america and in central america so that was my first uh, trip Uh, so i went down all the way down to i flew to buenos aires and then Uh i went down all the way uh to ushuaia really because uh i really wanted to yeah tell me cape horn yeah all the way down Yeah, yeah amazing yeah yeah uh, and and uh, my primary reason was there because I wanted to see if I can hunt down some deal to get on a ship and go down to Antarctica. Uh, so that oh, was one wow. of my goals. 
And, and were you uh, backpacking? I'm, were you were you on buses and trains? Was, or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so um, because of the time, uh, I had to fly from Buenos Aires to to Ushuaia because of the timings. Okay. Otherwise, it would uh, it would take me. It's like three days on a bus. <laughs> yeah, wow. So it would be quite good. So I needed to get down quickly because I wanted to do my quick, you know, just 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 give it a try to find uh, some deal or something uh, to get on a, one of the ships that were going down. And it was the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So uh, did you get on a ship? Uh, did you get on a ship? I did. I did. Wow. <laughs> Where did you get so out to on the basically, ship? Uh, oh man, like it takes a couple of days uh, to go down through Drake Passage uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, towards Antarctica. So for yeah. me, uh, as someone who never, you know, been properly on a sea, because like, you know, I'm from Slovakia, so <laughs> it's, uh, we don't have sea, you know, <laughs> very, very strange. And uh, Drake Passage so you, is pretty famous, right? I was going to say, you know, if there's any to, to, to have your first experience of going out to sea, you could have chosen the waters of the Adriatic, but no, you chose the waters off Cape Horn, some of the most infamous waters in the world. That's amazing. Yeah. the I mean, the previous one, the, the, the roughest one was just, uh, so, so you know, you know the typical from uh, from France to England, so yeah, yeah. those ferries. But that's like it's cruising, like it's nothing. You don't even know, uh, right? And then I remember once I was going from uh, by bus uh, from London up to Dublin, and that crossing on ferry was like, yeah. Oof. and yeah. I was like, ooh, okay. But I tell you what, I mean, going because those those ships that are going down to Antarctica are very, uh, you know, specific. Uh, mm-hmm. They they equipped in a very different way, and they're smaller. You know, even though they look big, but they're smaller. So, did you have pretty rough sea conditions when you were going to? So, straight on the way there, it was really smooth, and Amazing. I was like, "Oh, this is so cool! <laughs> really <laughs> easy." And once we get once we get there, so I spent I think thirteen days down there, and like we were going from places to places, exploring different parts. And uh, as it was end of the season, we were actually also a British uh, picking up British scientists from one of the. Uh, scientific right. stations so uh it was more of an expedition type because uh the aim of was it to go below the polar, polar circle so that was like wow are we gonna make it or not uh, you know mm. it's difficult to say because of the weather and timings so i was super like it was unforgettable like I, I i hopefully one day i'm gonna be able to go and uh, revisit again because it's just uh, and did you put amazing. to shore in any of the islands yeah, on the islands and also on the main line. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. So you were able to, you were able to basically experience islands and also Antarctica as wow. you know. As and wildlife must have been quite spectacular. Wow, yeah, like really, uh, it's just a spatial, spatial awareness was so different. And, mm. and I love mountains. So for me, like being, uh, uh, you know, uh, surrounded by the snow. Uh, nothing new but the, the space was so vast and it's just like it's like infinite like I never experienced anything like that and the glaciers uh, and you know suddenly like hiking up to the top of the one of the small hills in there right and then you're looking down at the sea and your and your ship is tiny it's mm. like it's tinier than your thumb mm. and you go like whoa <laughs> you know, this is crazy so amazing and and I one thing that I still remember really vividly is during the night the sky and the silence amazing oh. were you still on 24 hours daylight when you went uh, no no we had a uh we had a night sky so uh it was uh yeah yeah you were basically uh, able to experience that so it was beautiful like amazing but talking about 
sailing, right? On our way back, we had a pretty rough <laughs> leaving from the continent. And uh, yeah, it's, there was one, uh, one whole day where I was just, just lying in my bed, uh, position, position horizontal, just trying to like kind of uh, just survive mentally more than anything else. It was really rough really rough i i don't know the the height of the waves or anything but uh i, I spoke to captain and he said yeah like this was not bad the before one was worse and i was like what yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah pretty tough I'm, so, I'm a- so i'm a sailor and I'm, I'm a massive fan of um the, the people that race around the world and they race around the southern ocean there so i've watched plenty of footage and read and many a story and account of what the sea states are off uh, off uh, cape horn and and, and that part of the southern ocean and um, actually when i graduated i uh, went on a sailing trip up to the arctic circle oh wow so so yeah when i was 21 we we sailed i did two months and we sailed from the uk up to northern norway and then up to spitsbergen and then uh, we went north of Spitsbergen and we crossed over 80 degrees north. So that was amazing. Quite, so um, like your, your experience, it was one of, if not the most memorable trip of my life. And so to go and do the other pole is, is, is certainly on my bucket list. And to sail around Cape Horde and into Oshawa, uh, that would be equally good. So what an amazing experience, yeah? Cold, oh. obviously cold. <laughs> you know what? Like for me, not really, because like I'm, you know, I, I grew up uh, when it was uh, minus 20. I don't know what's that oh, in right, Fahrenheit, okay. uh, right. you know? So I'm, I'm used to like a, you know, it's really funny. Like I can handle the extreme temperatures better than the in-between temperatures for some really? reason. So, yeah. so I had no problem, but uh, obviously... When you were when you were cruising between the icebergs in the zodiacs, you could feel the chill, oh, right? Yeah. Like feel the chill. But I, you know, as I said, I love mountains, so I was very well dressed and prepared for it. So you know, I, that was the least of my worries, honestly. Like it was like, yeah, cool, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, let's get on with it. <laughs> Did you see any albatrosses when you were out at sea? Wow, no, not that I remember. Yeah, these are these um, almost legendary fabled birds with this, I forget mm. the, the size of the windspan, but a massive, massive wingspan, huge, beautiful, graceful birds that basically circle around the uh, the Southern Ocean and ride the seas and the gales down there. So back from having done such uh, two years away traveling, I think before I move over and segue into business, mm. what what did you learn about yourself from that two years of traveling on your own? What I learned is that it is about myself that it's absolutely fine to just go with a journey, not needing to know exactly what's going to happen next day. That was, that was just a really, really, really amazing experience in a way that I didn't need to control it. Like I, I actually learned not to. Uh, so, so I was basically, you know, less anxious. I just knew the things are going to work out the way they need to work out and they're going to be good for me. So, and then of course uh, you were open to opportunities. Absolutely. And uh, because I didn't have a rigid, I must do this and uh, this is what I'm going to do. And I always have to have people around me and uh, you know, all this, all this, you know, like just, just setting, setting kind of a rules, you know, into your travel are just so limiting because uh, more I relaxed into the journey, more, interesting people came my way 
or locals open their home to invite me for a lunch with them or to cousins celebration, you know, in Bolivia, <laughs> completely unplanned, unplanned. Like those are the best, uh, best experiences. So this is what I learned. I really, I really embrace that, uh, being okay, not needing to know the full story, uh, you know, ahead. Uh, and how has that helped you in business? Oh, uh, majorly because when, uh, when I when I came back, I, I really went uh, into the more deeper projects and more deeper problem solving as a uh, as a lead a researcher, user experience designer, or uh, you know innovation design thinking facilitator or customer experience consultant. Uh, it really helped me to guide teams and people through a workshops, uh, you know, innovation workshops or problem solving workshops, with with an ease knowing that each step or each experience we're going to go through or I'm going to take people through is going to take them to the next level. It's going to take them into the next realization. So it really guided me that I don't know how I'm going to like, I don't know how exactly this is going to turn out because it's people and with people, it can turn out anyhow, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You, You can, you can, you can create all the, all the stories in your head that will just, you know, just really work work through your mind and drive you crazy or you can go yes i acknowledge uh you know i don't know how this is going to work out and you know i don't know if you're going to solve this or i don't know if you're going to come up with uh, the right ideas but it's okay because every step leads you somewhere you know forward towards your goal so it really helped me it, it really helped me to ground myself and then the feedback i usually get from people uh that they they feel very at ease in my presence uh when when we are working together on something uh because i know we're going to work it out even if i have a blank page you know as a, as as a designer that's what you do you start with pen or pencil i love pencils and a blank paper and you stare at it and you're like go solve it design it do it and it's the same with uh uh, building businesses, creating businesses, you know, uh, thinking about new ideas, being an entrepreneur. It's, it's the same type of a problem solving. It's essentially you are a problem solver. You just have a different label. So, yeah, that's, I, 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 was, uh, I was really, really reassuring knowing that, hey, it's going to be okay. So you came back from your, tra- your traveling needing less to control things than when you left. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I just came with such a different perspective uh, to life, to to really observing. I, I became a better listener. I became a better better observer. Uh, just just more relaxed about you know approaching things, uh, and it's just you learn a lot uh, when you when you travel into different cultures and and especially cultures that that are different to you and different to your experiences, and you start really just realizing how much goodness is in people and 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 how much you know how much good stuff is actually being done uh, and i wish this would be you know portrayed so much more for you know for for everyone you know i i wish it, this this would be actually uh you know um i don't know publicized more in a in a tv or radio or or, or a, you know blogs or newspapers because it is such a different perspective, honestly. Once you once you have opportunity to speak to people from all different you know parts of the world. And did you find language an issue? Or? 
So for me, uh, in Latin America and Central America, no, because uh, I actually uh, speak Spanish fluently, and uh, that was a really uh, I was a blessing for me, uh, and that I'm opened sure. that opened so many doors. I bet, I bet, and and so many amazing uh, conversations with people because you know as soon as they know, oh oh, she she, she speaks like yeah, she, oh we can ask her. I had so many people you know, basically talking to me and so curious, like people are extremely curious. Um, so it just opened so many uh, beautiful experiences for me. So that wasn't a, it wasn't a big problem. And uh, in Asia, uh, I would say with English, you, you get by, sure. you really can get by. And if you don't know, the best language is really your hands and a mm. smile. Oh, it, works. it works, it works <laughs> every single time. Are you tired of the instability of your business? Do you want to stop cash flow challenges, achieve stability in profit, and build a business that you could sell? Do you want to introduce strategies that provide certainty of income, reinvigorate you and your team so that you put an end to plateauing and get your business thriving again? In every sector, in every country, in every state of the economy, there are always businesses that book the trend and outperform the market. It is possible to turn your business around and grow the profitability, reach and impact of your business and put your business back on course for a worthy exit or rewarding future. In my new book, Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business, I show you how. I wrote this book for business owners who are putting so much into their business at the expense of time with their family and on their health and who are not getting the results that they desire. I have brought 25 years of experience working in businesses large and small and combining the disciplines of business strategy with mindset with scaling a business to bring you a proven way to scale your business with certainty. To grab your free copy of Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business, go to www.surviveandthrive.cc. I'll cover the cost of the book. You just cover the cost of shipping and handling. So head over to surviveandthrive.cc to get your free copy of the book. So now you're working with uh, clients specifically to help them get clear on who their ideal target customer is. Yes. So, so uh, what I embarked uh, on really is, uh, so I have twofold. So I work with a, with a bigger client uh, and I work on their uh, discovery. So research part and also uh, on validation of their ideas or products, or I also lead uh, innovation workshops. Uh, So this is, this is kind of of my core background. Uh, But in recent years, I, I started to have more and more and more uh, friends that are really entrepreneurs or uh, authors or coaches, uh, you know, solopreneurs, you can call them some of them, right? Experts. Uh, and uh, they really, you know, like I, I, I started to watch their journey and what they were doing. Uh, and me being a consultant myself, I never actually realized that, oh, uh, like I'm, a, you know, like apart from being a designer problem solver, uh, you know, I, I'm also an entrepreneur and I've been uh, for many years and I just, I just didn't realize like uh, I don't, I'm not a big fan of giving labels to things because uh, in my, uh, in my uh, field of work and expertise, I actually acquire a lot of different type of the knowledge from a lot of different fields and experiences because it really helps me to problem solve. So I'm always curious to learn new things. Uh, and, uh, you know, being exposed to entrepreneurs, I started to realize, uh, what, what they were basically struggling with. Right. Uh, and 
this being a part of my, you know, part of part of work, I'm a very strong empath. Okay. And I'm I'm super curious uh, about about people because it it formed part of my uh, part of my life and it formed part of my you know work also and. What I've seen really, uh, you know, people struggling with is they usually would have an amazing idea or, or interesting idea or idea about what they would want to do for themselves and what business they would like to actually build or do, or they are already maybe doing. And uh, what, what uh, usually uh, tends to happen is that they have idea, okay, I'm an expert, I'm going to create, uh, let's say, uh, this type of a course. And uh, I, I think I know... Uh, you know, who my, uh, who my target audience is. Uh, so I, I create a course and then they will go straight into creating product. And then they will uh, go straight into researching, okay, how do I create my offer? How do I create my marketing? Uh, how do I launch this thing, right? That happens uh, so often. So, uh, so, uh, so, so they go straight into strategy and tactics. Yeah, okay? yeah. Very yeah. typical. And then... When I ask them, okay, so 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 who are you targeting? And then they tell me, oh, well, uh, you know, on a Facebook ad, I have this type of a, you know, audiences and this is the segmenting. And, and I was like, yeah, that, that's great, but that's Facebook. But, you know, like who, who, who are these people you really, really want to help? What do you care about? You know, like what do you really care about? Uh, and, and, and many people are, are not able to formulate this clearly. They, they actually have no idea they they don't have a full clarity on this one and uh, many of them launch target you know use ads uh when i don't know facebook groups whatever whatever strategy they pick right or whatever strategy they have learned from someone else and and uh, they get stuck and confused because things are not working. People are not connecting with them. Uh, uh, no, no one is. No one is seeing me. Why is no one seeing me? I have, I have amazing product. I have amazing. You know, I really can help people, but I'm invisible. So why is that? You know, like the, there are many, many things that can be. You know, obviously uh, wrong, right? That has not been that have not been addressed. But when you think about it from a very simple, uh, you know, business foundation, is that you should know your why, right? Like, why are you doing this? Your, your, maybe your purpose, if you're lucky, you know, if you are one of the few that you really, really know your purpose, uh, then that's amazing. Uh, if you don't, that's okay too. You can run with that too. And again, many people get stuck on that. So you should know your why, right? Why, why am I doing this? Then you should know who am I doing this for? Who do I care for and who can I really help with? And then you look where they are. That's the market. Where are they? What type of market it is, right? And then you basically uh, figure out what it is that you want to, you know, give these people. But you cannot create product without really knowing what your who, right? Your audience, your target audience, you know, your people really, really want. And then only then you go and ask, okay, what is a strategy or tactic, which is the probably the, the best for me to launch this. So how am I going to do this? And then you should know your timings. When am I going to do this? It's very simple. So it's why, who, where, what, how, and when. But many people bypass the first two. Why? It's very flaky. And who? Very flaky. And then where? They will go, oh, I need to cover my niche, right? Everyone is being taught uh, by, you know, certain... 
teachers, coaches, and marketers, you need to, you know, the riches are in a niches. Well, let me tell you, yes, the riches are in a niches, but only if you know who is in those niches. If you don't know, mm -hmm. it's your imaginary niche. It's yeah, your yeah. fantasy. You live in a yeah. fantasy. Yeah. So it's uh yeah there's a there, there's a bank uh, like like I I really like just just see the gap in there so this is something that I would like to definitely help people with because I I've been doing this for a bigger clients and bigger brands and companies uh for quite a few years and uh, let me tell you they those who know invest in teams of specialists that actually do this work for them they they basically prepare all this work for them and then you know, a really smart CEOs uh, and founders uh, or marketers really get people to get this information together, especially people that really know what they're doing. And then they work together as a team. So it's not like a, you know, CEO would not be interested. Uh, they actually really are usually very genuinely interested because if you don't have your customer, like what it's, it's a fantasy world. Like we are not, we are not living in an era where the product is the most important thing. It's the people at the end of the day, the people are going to be using your product. You know, from my field as a, as a designer, we call it as a customer-centric uh, solution or design or product or user-centered design solution or product. So it's all wrapped around and at the center, at the heart of everything. It's a person, it's a human being. I love that. So I'm sure you must get presented often with the response when you say, "Who's who is your target market? Who specifically? Um, you must be getting presented back with a very broad niche. How almost, you know, impossibly broad in order for to enable targeting. How do you help people zone in and getting clear on that the niche or the niche for them? Mm -hmm. So if I would be uh if I would be working on one one-on-one, or let's say with an entrepreneur who is uh let's say uh, an expert in their field and they want to create uh, a knowledge base, write a book or create a course, for example. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then uh, I would definitely start uh, with talking uh, to that person about who is your dream customer? Like who is your dream client? Who is the person you would really love to serve, help? And many times uh, I would get some 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 responses and some ideas and some of them actually have uh, have it like maybe a one sheet uh, you know written down uh, and then I would go to that person back to that person and I would start with them. So you know when when we are talking in a, in a business or in a life uh, about you know who are the people you want to serve, you first of all need to understand who you are as a person because. If you don't know uh, your values, if you don't know, you know, what are the foundational pieces of your business, you cannot hardly articulate or express who are the people that you actually want to work with. So uh, if you really want to achieve that alignment of you as a business with your dream customer, you need to understand, first of all, who you are, right? Your values. And uh, out of that, I don't know, you can, you can create a lot of understanding regarding branding, personal branding, uh, all, all sorts of things actually starts from that knowledge. So I would do a research and I would actually take them through, through uh, certain questions, uh, experience, 
depending from a person, everything is very, you know, it's, it's pretty individual because everyone is somewhere else on their journey of being business owner, entrepreneur. So I need to meet them where they are. That's, that's uh, you know, on my side, I need to understand where they are and then help them to fill in the gaps. Uh, so I would start with them and then uh, we, would, we would basically, you know, transition uh, and look for congruency between first, first what they told me, like, okay, this is my dream customer. This is the person I would like to work with. And this is actually me who as a person. And I would actually compare and I would look for congruency in there. So is this really, you know, is, this, is, is your dream customer actually, you know, having your values that you just described in here and so on. So, you know, there are, there are certain exercises basically you can do with people to help them to really unearth uh, this, this information and just give them a light bulb moment. Like, oh, uh, that actually doesn't make sense. You know, like, no, I don't actually, you know, this doesn't, doesn't resonate anymore. So it's all about starting with that person, to be honest, the business owner. And you're looking for a, a strong alignment between the coach, the consultant, that um, um, their the, the, the person sharing that skill. You're looking for a strong alignment between their values and that of their ideal customer. Yeah, definitely yes. Because uh, when you when you think of it, for example, from a from a human perspective. Ideally, a person you are helping and serving uh, should have a majority of the values, uh, you know, shared with you. So, you know, you definitely want to attract someone into your life and into, you know, into your life, literally your business is your life. You are your business, you know. So uh, they should be, it's almost like uh, looking at it, uh, you know, uh, from a friend's perspective, you know, uh, is this a person like I'm going to, you know, do uh anything that possible to help them with their struggles or with their you know uh, things that they need from me so you know are you gonna go that extra mile for that person for friends you would definitely and if your dream customer right your dream customer is not that then you're not gonna put that energy into that you no, no matter what you're gonna say no matter whatever system you're gonna have in place but the energy behind it and the intention behind it is not gonna be that and it's it's gonna you know, like how people can sense certain people when they are not being genuine or when they are not, uh, you know, when they are, you know, just inventing something and people can sense it. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a very same, you know, it's a similar principle. So we are talking about a dream customer, you know, obviously certain businesses will have different target audiences, which means a different avatar. So you can have a marketing avatar. I mean, there are so many words uh, <laughs> that are describing your whole, right? It can be marketing avatar it can be avatar customer avatar it can be uh, user persona persona you know there are there are <laughs> lots of lots of you know uh, hashtags you can call them you know definitions of the same thing you know so so you once you've got that alignment there between the individual's own personal values and who they really want to serve they they will be so much more attractive to that target customer then because if they're looking for for customers who or potential customers who have the same values and approach and the same things that are important that coach consultant um service provider will be therefore that much more attractive there'll be a closer fit right from the right from the outset well that there should be a definitely a connection otherwise you're not gonna connection be, yeah there should be a connection uh, uh yeah. because uh, otherwise why would someone come to you for help if they don't yeah. feel that you're the right person that can actually, you know, solve their problem. And 
you know, let's let's just be honest here that uh, people make their decisions uh, based on their feelings. And then they use logic to justify their decisions. Absolutely. All buying decisions. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. And and it's like if it's a coach, for example, you know, uh, obviously that client is not buying something physical, right? They, but they are buying the, the coach. They are they are buying the solution of the coach. So uh, I would say the proximity, proximity of human to human, it's even closer, even closer. When we are, for example, talking about e-commerce, uh, that's going to be different because your star could be, could be the the founder of the company, you know, as a, you know, as a, as a brand could be, or your star could be a certain type of the product that really solves someone, you know, or many people's, you know, problems. And in that case, you do need to know your segmentation. You, you need to know the different type of, uh, you know, customers or um, target audiences, basically you are addressing and you, you should actually document it. You also, also, you know, like should have a clarity who you don't want to, you know, serve, like, like rule them out, you know, negative, like a negative personas, like yeah, anyone sure. in a business, please listen to this. Anyone in business, write down who is your negative persona, who is the person you do not want to work with, or you don't mm -hmm. want to provide services for, please have mm -hmm. the clarity. It will help you. It will help you to make decisions in a business accordingly, because, you know, most of the Recently, most of the um, uh, really successful businesses, when you look at it, uh, they are really design-driven businesses. They really are. Uh, so, you know, the methodologies that, I'm, that, that I've been working with uh, for years and that I'm now bringing into or more closely to, to the smaller businesses or smaller, smaller, you know, boys and girls in entrepreneurship world are really based on a, on a foundational, you know, knowledge and, and proven methods that are actually working. Uh, so I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the richness and uh, insights that can come from corporates down into SMEs and then back up the other way. And um, like you, I, I, I have a foot in both the corporate camp facilitating senior teams and offsites where before lockdown when we could get together in the same room, but you know, do a, a lot of facilitation of senior teams and offsites. Um, and then also working a lot with small business owners and founders wanting the strategy to help scale and grow their business. And I've always loved that cross fertilizations of ideas, way things are done around here, both up and down that kind of hierarchy of size of organization, because it helps both out. Oh yeah, definitely. Like I, you know, I, I experience both worlds. I've been mm. in both. And nowadays when I, when I work for a bigger client, I don't work for a bigger client because of their name. I work because of what they are trying to solve. I pick my projects carefully. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm so much more selective where I put my energy and focus uh, and my time, these, you know, uh, because it's very important to me. So uh, I definitely know how things are done on a huge budget and huge scales and, you know, uh, big companies and then mid-size and then also startups mm. you know it's a different vibe it's it's a different approach uh it's a different uh, type of expectations and hopes and dreams so i've been you know i've been across the full spectrum right of of the business so i've seen a lot of a lot of different variations and different types and uh, different efforts you know wins and failures and i've seen i've seen a lot of it and it's uh for me I'm first of all, I'm super grateful for that because it really helps me 
to simplify things uh, when I see when I see when you know a lot of lot of things that are approached uh, from uh, from a perspective of oh but we need this and that and just just really overly like complicated following uh, some some old structure or old beliefs or uh, not having enough uh, trust and belief in the internal team to solve the things or not knowing how to actually you know engage uh, uh, problem solving from a different perspective then i then i'm i'm really able to help uh, you know to teams or or to people and it's really you know it it really boils down to asking empowering questions reframing problems and knowing how to and when to implement what or try um, certain exercises to really extract right to look for those answers and enable people to think for themselves and find those answers that's the most beautiful thing for me when that happens uh, when you're able through the questions that you ask to facilitate some really powerful insights it's uh it, it, it it's a, it's a, such a joy to see the delight on people's faces uh and you know to know that you've also had a part to play in that you've you've helped facilitate that fantastic and how are you obviously you would have done those that kind of work face to face a lot are you are you finding you're still able to conduct that work on zoom and 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 other video conferencing platforms yeah it's you know like for me uh because i've been uh, i've been involved working across the globe for for example three different teams three different time zones so a lot of my work actually happens online uh which is uh and it's been happening online you know for for quite a, a few years and uh, recently uh yes there is there is a magic when you have someone in proximity and when you are facilitating you know something let's say workshop uh with with uh, with people you know and you are together uh, because you can feel you can feel that energy right you can feel you know when someone is dropping their attention or someone is getting stuck right so uh in that sense uh i would say it could be easier like i thought few like one month ago i thought it's easier but now i'm thinking it really depends uh because i've been doing i've been actually doing workshops and facilitation online and it's been very good. It's been very good. And it's all about how I prepare myself and, you know, how if I am well prepared and, you know, if I, if I have contingencies, right, things can go wrong. Uh, uh, and I just needed to restructure certain, certain flow through, through the, you know, exercise and experience slightly different, but I've been, you know, I've been fine online actually. So uh, I, now I see that there's, there's no such a, there's not a huge difference, you know, uh, at least, at least from my experience, how how was it? How is it for you at the moment? Yeah, so interestingly, I, I, I most of my work obviously is on Zoom now, um, but a lot of it is one on one. So I haven't. Uh, one reason why I was personally curious is that the 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 group uh, facilitation stuff has just been put on pause and uh, at the moment. So it's just really interesting for me to hear that you can still get it to work well um you know with 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 zoom and it's funny actually i have been on some group meetings with clients and you just got me to reflect you know we when we're in that position of facilitation we're using all of our senses to absorb what's going on in the room and the dynamics of the group the group dynamics and the dynamics of the individual relation interact interrelationships and 
evidently we work similar that we can get a sense about where the groups go we get a feel for where a group's going and what it needs to do and if it's stuck or if the elephant isn't being talked about in the room or, or, or whatever <laughs> and yet and I, sh- I find myself becoming aware of this and I shouldn't be surprised I've been able to pick up a number of those sort of things over zoom calls with three or four people on the screen in front of me so um yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't gone until we've had this conversation. Oh, actually, I could take a facilitate to see the management team do an offsite on Zoom and have you know ten people on the screen in front of me. There, there uh, you have it. I, I think it's all about. I would say, uh, you know, uh, your 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 trust in yourself first of all, and setting. I would say setting the very clear intention for that. Let's say for that workshop or for that session that you're going to have with people serving. You are there to facilitate, I'm there to facilitate and serve and guide. And that means I step into my role. And I would say also uh, one thing that I realized that is even more important than uh, in, in a, you know, like a, a workshop or meeting where you are all together in one meeting room is you as a facilitator, uh, you need to own the frame all the time when it's online, which means you need to set the rules. Uh, and lo- and people love it. <laughs> mm. I don't care if I have a CEO in my you know session or who. It doesn't matter what rank you you have. If you are in a session, I am running the session. That you know, owning the frame is owning the energy of the session. And and people actually love being uh, you know just taken on on a journey. But it's all about owning really like it's all about just being clear what's happening, what's expected. And uh, if if something derails, you should have a, a correction tool. And it, it's all about making it playful, but meaningful, right? Uh, because at the end of the day, it's all about people's focus and time. And you are asking for their time. Or, you they, you know, when they are in a session or a meeting, they, they definitely should feel that this was so worth it. And sometimes, you know, so I, I like me personally, meetings, I'm not a huge fan uh, because I find, I still find that many people do not know how to run the meetings. And if you have a meeting for one hour that could have been done and solved in 20 minutes, and I mm. know it, I know it, like it just, it, this is just purely from my experience. Then I'm like, okay, what can we do better? And then I, you know, and then I try to introduce something, but first I need to observe what's happening, you know, and what was done. But I'm um, usually, you know, usually when people say, okay, can we have a meeting? Uh, I, and I go like, okay, how long? Uh, like, what is this? How big is it? Right. It was the size of the, you know, meeting and, and so on. And it's like, oh, we should have like uh, one hour. And I said, no, 30 minutes. Let's do, I only have 30 minutes. Again, you see, I'm setting the boundaries. Guess what? In 30 minutes, if they know it's only 30 minutes they're going to get from you, they're going to get it done in 30 minutes. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Like yeah. it, it, it works if the right expectations are, you know, uh, basically um, done and, and set and agreed upon at the beginning. Absolutely. Um, if anybody wants to find out more about how you can help them, whether that be to facilitate, an improvement session, an innovation session for a business or to help them tap into their ideal dream customer. How do they get, how do they do so? So uh, I'm, I'm working on a, a method, which is the who method. 
And uh, anyone who is interested in knowing more, and this is primarily for the smaller businesses and entrepreneurs, uh, please uh, go to thewhomethod.com. And uh, anyone who wants to find out more about my work uh, and experience, uh, they can find me uh, over on my website, which is my first name uh, and surname, which is zuzanadobro.com. Fantastic, Susanna. I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Uh, got personal insights from uh, that uh, about facilitation on uh, online or on Zoom, which, uh, as you know, it's amazing how we can sometimes uh, close off opportunities without consciously realizing it. And I had closed off in my head the opportunity of facilitation work. You know, we're not allowed to get twenty people in a room. So, uh, thank you for that gift. <laughs> It's a pleasure. Uh, like, uh, yeah, reach out later on if you want to get more details about, you know, what tools I'm using uh, and, you know, what, what's working currently uh, for me. I would be very happy to share. Yeah, I look forward to that. Susanna, thank you so much for your time today. Gavin, thank you so much for having me. Hi, Gavin here. I hope you got a lot from that. Clearly, you've heard some sort of pennies drop from me, such as around facilitation using Zoom and larger groups and the process around that. Some real sort of standouts for me. I love the stories around Drake Passage in Antarctica, um, but also specifically around helping you define your ideal dream customer, who is it you love to serve. We're not living in a world where product is most important, it's people. And how do you make your work playful and meaningful? A couple of really good quotes uh, from the conversation today with Susanna Dubrow. Speak to you soon. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success and create more impact.